The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand. Welcome to Hale Varsity Radio, the voice of Husker Nation. Insight, opinion, expertise, with the biggest and best names talking Nebraska across the state. Join the show on Twitter at Hale Varsity and at Schmitz underscore radio. Call in at 402-466-ESPN or 1-800-825-5865. Here's Chris Schmitz. Welcome to it. It's a road show on Friday at Tail Varsity Radio, presented by the Nebraska Lottery. Chris Schmidt, Elijah Herbal back at our ESPN studios. We are in uh, just a beautiful part of the world here in the uh, Great Smoky Mountains. We are in uh, Western Carolina, just west of Bryson City. And uh, we're doing the show from uh, Code uh, Dino Schmidt, uh, Cousin Dino Schmidt's kitchen table. As I look out to my right, uh, beautiful Smoky Mountains. To my south, uh, surrounded by mountains. And I even have a, a mason jar and uh, a little something-something in that uh, mason jar to well, to get through the show. <laughs> I'm going to just be completely blunt with you on that. Uh, excited to spend a few uh, couple hours here and talk some Nebraska football with you. And uh, more excited to be here with family, uh, with family and friends and dear loved ones as we're here to give uh, Cousin Dino a Husker fan you, you want to meet. Maybe some of you have met. Uh, a big old hug and um, numbers to get in today four six six three seven seven six four six six three seven seven six eight hundred eight two five five eight six five can email chris at hailvarsity.com give us a follow find us on twitter at schmidt underscore radio or at herbal essence for elijah herbal elijah how are you doing man you were able to uh navigate uh, two other shows today with uh, the morning hookup and of course kfor and uh sneak in a couple of finals this week have you been able to exhale this week yeah i mean i'm feeling like great right now it's like the weight of the world off my shoulders with finals being done like i'm just peachy being in here working like give me all the hours i uh, you want because uh it's better than school that's <laughs> better than school. You can quote uh, Elijah Herbal on that. We'll dive into some Nebraska football. Derek Peterson with us from Hale Varsity. Uh, he is uh, coming up here at 425 Central. We'll uh, check in with the Pride of Fairbury and uh, many kudos and thanks to Bill Dolman for sitting in yesterday while I was traveling out here with uh, Joe Mama and Uncle Mark here to uh, Bryson City. So uh, Bill Dolman got back in his chair and uh, had a fun uh, Hale Varsity slash Average Joe reunion yesterday. Uh, we'll spend time in hour two with Eric Warfield, Hall of Fame Husker, standout Kansas City Chief, and uh, get his take on uh, Nebraska spring football and uh, where the Kansas City Chiefs are at after their uh, off-season acquisitions and draft. So uh, a lot to get into. Scott Frost spent time with the uh, Husker Network last night in his hour-long interview and his sit-down, kind of reassessing the spring, some things that he's talked about and said before, and some, some new insights specifically 
kind of a final decision if you want my honest opinion on where they're at with the Husker quarterback spot. You guys don't have to whisper. We just uh, <laughs> don't swear. Uh, we've got a kitchen full of uh, family here. So, Elijah, let's play what Nick Saban had to say. And, and I want to kind of relate this to, to Nebraska football as Husker fans look at the schedule. So, Saban's uh, was out. He's done a couple of golf tournaments. And uh, Jimbo Fisher, his former assistant uh, at LSU, uh, is, is already chirping. Uh, A&M's going to have a good team. And uh, as, as the, the way that, that Jimbo Fisher put it, well, we're going to beat Saban's ass. Uh, we shall see. Here is Nick Saban's response to that uh, that threat by uh, former assistant Jimbo Fisher. A word that he used, but did you have any response for that? In golf? <laughs> I think he I think he meant on the football field. <laughs> well, I'm sure there'll come a day, you know. But uh, is that what he's talking about? No, football? He, he was talking. He was talking about football. He was. It used to be on my noontime basketball league, I guess. You know, we're no longer partners, you know, when it comes to that. Coach. Now, they have a really good team, a really good program, and, um, you know, they're getting better and better all the time, and there's a lot of challenges in the SEC, and they're certain one of, certainly one of the up-and-coming programs, and he's always been a great coach. He did a great job for us when he was with us, and he's had a great career as a head coach. So, um, you know, it's going to be a challenge for us, no doubt, when we have to play him. So Nick Saban was kind, but he's like, what, is, is he going to beat me in golf? Uh, I'm going to pat A&M on the head here and say, yeah, they're, they're an up-and-coming program. I know they finished in the top ten, but they, they haven't done it consistently, and uh, we'll see. Saban was kind of taken aback by that, I think, as I want to kind of relate it to, uh, to Nebraska football as we look at the schedule, Elijah. There's just some teams on Nebraska's schedule as difficult as 2021 is that I think a lot of Nebraska fans feel like Nebraska needs to, to hand out a butt kicking to, to some of these teams on the schedule. You know, are they going to be in position to do that here next season as they try and get better? But uh, there's really no negotiation here. And as we look at 2021, who are some teams – on that schedule, or what team do you feel like, you know what, Nebraska has to beat, it's time to beat. There's some obvious teams that Nebraska's favored over, but there's also some teams that, you, you know, the, the way Nebraska's navigated the uh, the Big Ten here the past three seasons, nothing's guaranteed. Uh, it's been a, a fight to, to just get a win over an Illinois or, or get a win over a Purdue or, you know, beat Minnesota. I mean, it's nothing's obviously guaranteed. Nothing's given. And, and right now, Nebraska's on that lower end uh, of the Big Ten as they try and fight forward. To me, it's real simple. Uh, and there's other games you can circle. But for this season to get off on the right foot, it truly does have to get off uh, with a win in Champaign on week zero against Illinois. I don't care if it's three points. I don't care if it's 30 points. You'll feel great if it's 30. But Nebraska's got to beat that old nemesis that used to be wearing Badger Red uh, in Wisconsin and uh, Brett Bielema. They've got to beat Illinois. If 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 I'm going to say, okay, who's Nebraska got to beat in 2021, 
clearly uh, you have Jimbo Fisher feeling his oats a little bit with how his team is. And he's like, yeah, we're going to beat Saban's ass. Well, great. Be confident. Uh, I know they put 30 people into the NFL first round, it felt like. You still got to go do it. Nebraska has to go do this. Otherwise, it just gets really ugly really quick here in Lincoln without a win in Champaign. I mean, remember a time whenever you'd look at Nebraska's schedule in May and go, okay, well, there's at least eight wins I can see right there. I mean, you have to go back as far as, as Pelini. I mean, mm-hmm. and that's the point that Bama's at. They look at their 12 games every single year and go, all right, we can go 12-0. Uh, and so some Who's going to scare us, right? <laughs> yeah, some Husker fans out there might be saying, who should I be expecting Nebraska to be? I'm just praying that they get to six wins. Some, some people out there are like that. But to, to take that next step, there's got to be just games that you, you have to get a win in this year in order to get to progress with this program. And the game I look at is, is the game against Iowa. You've got them at home again. Uh, you're on, what, a seven-game losing streak against the Iowa Hawkeyes? Uh, something ridiculous like that. It is time to finally beat Iowa, if you can't do it this year, uh, where's the proof that you are making that step? Uh, If if Nebraska wants to be at the point where they're, you know, living up to expectations, that's a point where more years than not they are beating Iowa. Because Iowa's ceiling, really, they're they're always around that top 25, sometimes up in the top 25, never usually up in that top 10. And that's where Nebraska fans want to be too. They want to be up in that top 20 range, maybe not top 10 every single year. Uh, but that's where they want to be. And I think to get there, the first step is just consistently be able to beat a team who is there right now, and that's Iowa. Yeah, Iowa's really a measuring stick, as is Wisconsin. You, you, if you can take down one of those two or both, you're probably going to win the West, right? And in years past, Northwestern, if you're a team that's beaten a Northwestern team that's gone to two of the last three Big Ten championship games, you know, your season's been okay. Nebraska's got a lot of these. And you talk to coaches, and they say you got to beat teams that look like you, right? And Iowa looks like Nebraska. Wisconsin kind of looks like Nebraska. Michigan State looks like Nebraska. Northwestern looks like Nebraska, Illinois, Purdue. I mean, Nebraska fans still, and it's okay, because I still can't wrap my head around it. You feel like it should be an automatic that you beat Purdue and you beat Illinois and you beat Minnesota, and that's not been the case. It's not been the case since joining the Big Ten. And and Iowa's... I mean, you got to go back to to 2014, the last time you beat him. You haven't been within – when's the last time you've been within 10 points of Wisconsin? Probably the overtime loss there in 2016, right? I mean, you played Wisconsin better, but they still beat you by 17 to 21 points each time. You know, we'll get into this with with Derek Peterson here uh, when it comes to showing progress and the offense specifically. Um, you know, what What does a good offense look like? And that's beyond the penalties and turnovers, right? I mean, that's a given, and that's not been an automatic for Nebraska, obviously. But I'm interested to get his take on things. But, you know, who's the team Nebraska's just got to beat uh, in 2021? Is it Illinois for you? What's kind of that 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 telling victory? I'm not even going to get into to, to Ohio State, you know, for me, when I look at Nebraska's schedule, I think you got to you got to beat Illinois. You you need to be three and zero 
on the way to Oklahoma. You need to beat Michigan State if you lose at Oklahoma. That'll tell me a lot about this football team, Elijah, what Nebraska looks like against Michigan State after Oklahoma. And then you've got a four-game stretch, Northwestern, Michigan, at Minnesota, Purdue. you got to be able to, to emerge out of that three and one, in my humble opinion. And I know you get into November with, with Purdue, Ohio State, Wisconsin, Iowa. There's a bye mixed in there. But you can't, you can't go 0 for November with Ohio State, Wisconsin, and Iowa. You go 2-1, and one, people will start handing out kisses, <laughs> clearly. But uh, th- there's opportunity here. And a lot of Nebraska fans are stuck on that four-win total. Some are saying five. Some are saying six and bowl eligibility. And then more of the optimistic Nebraska fans are kind of in that seven- to nine-game window. But when I kind of equate kind of call in your shot, Jimbo Fisher and Nick Saban, that's A&M's measuring stick. They think they're ready to take a step as a program moving forward because, and be careful what you wish for, but they're saying, we want Bama. We're going to hand out a beat into Bama. I, I doubt it. I doubt it. Maybe it happens. That's a tough early game for Alabama. Uh, equating it to, to Nebraska uh, miles away as we speak here in the spring, from a program like A&M in Alabama. But Nebraska, too, has their their own kind of measuring stick. And, and I think the program's at the point right now where that measuring stick is, all right, start the season 1-0 and because that's not been a given and go get a win against a uh, an evil foe and, and uh, kind of black hat-wearing head coach in Brett Bielema that's caused you heartache historically in the Big Ten. Scott Frost was with the uh, network last night, Elijah, and and we'll get to to more Scott Frost's comments on how he assessed the spring here in about 20 minutes or so. But the the, the main takeaway I had uh, from Scott Frost last night with those two spots they have remaining on the the roster, uh, is it going to be a quarterback they go shopping for? And Coach Frost kind of reinforced to me that he doesn't need to add a quarterback to that quarterback room. I think they were really uh, very surprised and kind of wowed. My words, not theirs. But I think they are are impressed with where Harburg is at. Um, And and I think they believe in the work that both these kids will put in, Smothers and Harburg, uh, when it comes to between being ready for action in August and and just kind of leaving spring football. And Nebraska's kids get back to work. I mean, they, they have 10 days off between now and when they've got a report. And then they'll do four weeks beginning May 17th. And then they'll have a week break. They'll do another four weeks. There'll be a break. Then they'll get back into it. Nebraska gets to start camp early because – uh, of the week zero start against Illinois. But I think there's enough to work with with both of these quarterbacks. Elijah, let's just say things go sideways and Adrian gets hurt. Are you going to find a better option in the in the portal? And, and maybe you do. Or, listen, if Adrian goes down, God forbid, why not see what Harburg can do with an offensive line, with a run game, and, and knowing that you know what? He's 
he's impressive. He's got some some raw tools you can mold. So I'm okay if they're going to stand pat with the quarterback. And I'm not saying Smothers can't make a push, can't keep improving, but from an ability to throw the ball with what they want this offense, I think you can be okay with what Harburg brings to the party. Yeah, and, and Harburg, he did miss on some throws in the spring game, but it, it was a windy day down in the field. Uh, I don't want to read too much. He also much. made some throws, didn't he? I, I don't want to read too much of <laughs> that, but yeah, what I will say is I, his arm talent just jumps right off the screen whenever you're watching or if you're down at the game, it just jumps off the field. Um, in terms of arm strength, uh, he has to develop his accuracy a little bit more. But just in terms of what his arm could develop into, it looks like he's got the potential to have an NFL-type arm. I mean, the one play I look at is he had a low snap, uh, picked up, barely even set his feet, and threw the ball 35 yards downfield, a perfect strike. It hit Xavier Betts in the face mask. He, he couldn't catch it, but that's the type of arm, ta- arm talent he has that even off a bad base, he was able to, to just thread the needle with that thing from 35 yards away. I- I'm really impressed with what his arm could be uh, given a-, a year or two in the system. If you got to go to the bullpen, Harburg might be your guy. We'll check in with Derek Peterson next on Hale Varsity. And we're back. Fellas, I think we could listen to the radio On Hale Varsity Radio, presented by the Nebraska Lottery. Yes! That's awesome! Back to you, Tail Varsity Radio, presented by the Nebraska Lottery here uh, just west of Bryson City, North Carolina. It is just gorgeous. It's a bit chilly and breezy sunshine. And uh, here, uh, giving some love to Cousin Dino here, Roadshow Friday. As I'm staring out into the field here, kind of at the foothills of some of the mountains here uh, near Smoky Mountain National Park, Cousin Dino's got three horses. Uh, They are not named Triple Option, Fumbleruski, or Bummeruski, but I'm sure he he thought about uh, that uh, as part of the naming uh, for his horses. But, uh, no, we're on the road here today. The weekend edition tomorrow morning will also be uh, at Cousin Dino's. You heard him a lot this fall here with his uh, Pick'em segments here during the fall. And uh, we are here to give him some love and support. Uh, he grabbed me as I got in this afternoon, and he did uh, what he always did, and that's, you little punk. <laughs> he... Uh, uh, he was uh, there with a smile. Let's bring in a guy that makes you smile when it comes to Husker football coverage. We welcome in uh, the good Dr. Derek Peterson with his HailVarsity.com and Magazine and Dr. PDHV on Twitter. Derek, what's up, man? How are you? I'm good, buddy. Sounds like you got a little bit better view than I do, but I'm doing, I'm doing good. It's Friday. It, it is a Friday. Yeah, the view's uh, fantastic. I, I have a... Uh, I won't tell you what's in it, but I've got a mason jar in front of me, so it's uh, it's it's all good right now, man. It's it's all good. Um, now a, a lot to cover, a lot to get into, and uh, we were talking about this to get things kicked off in the first segment. And I'm interested in, in your take, and it's so early to to do this, but we're we're, we're gonna anyway. And uh, I'm interested your your thoughts. You know, if you're picking a Nebraska game to circle this year, not not a game that Nebraska should win, but a game that Nebraska needs to win. And uh, I'm not uh, making it easy for, out, of, out of sheer laziness, but to me it's absolutely get out of the gate with a win against Illinois. That's what I have circled. We'll see what the rest of the season looks out for Nebraska. We'll get into some of your thoughts and takes from the spring game. But what team or what game do you have circled here way early here in May? 
Um, can I circle a couple? Yeah, you do too. That's fine, man. So I agree with you. They have to get out of the gates with a win, come out strong. That's that's kind of you know what you can say about any team any given season, though. If the team wants to have success that season, unless it's like Alabama playing, you know, what would have you, Ohio State or something like that, one of those big showcase <laughs> right. games. So Illinois, obviously, they would need to win. Um, the first one that I'd circle on the schedule is Buffalo. Um, Buffalo's not going to be – they're not going to be an easy out. And obviously, Lance Leopold's not going to be there anymore. Um, so the dynamic changes a little bit. But if Nebraska's 3-0 and uh, heading on the road to Norman, Oklahoma, that game is probably going to feel a little bit different than if Nebraska is, say, 2-1 and coming off of a loss to Buffalo or if they're 2-1 and after losing the opener to Illinois. You're just going to feel differently about the team. Um, Oklahoma might feel differently about the team. Nebraska will certainly feel differently about itself if it's 3-0 and going into that Oklahoma game. Um, and then the other one that I would schedule, or the other one that I would circle, excuse me, is Northwestern for homecoming on October 2nd. If you just look at the way Nebraska's schedule lays out, you know, they, they close the season, Ohio State, at Wisconsin, Iowa. Um they got to get to – if they want to play for a bowl game this season, then the easiest path to doing that is being 6-3 and three after, your first, after your first nine weeks, first nine games. So that would mean starting 3-0 and um, or, you know, you've made life difficult on yourself. And that would also mean – let, let's just say that they don't get it done against Oklahoma, um, which is what everybody is expecting to be the, the end result. Then you go on the road the next week and you play a Michigan State team that's still rebuilding with uh, – now I'm blanking on his name. Whoever the coach is that came from Colorado. Now I'm blanking Mel on his name. Tucker. Mel Tucker. Thank you. Thank you. Um, you are 4-1. and one. If you beat Northwestern, you're 5-1. and one. You only got to get one more win over your next Michigan-Minnesota-Purdue stretch. So you're feeling really, really good about your team. Let's say you go two and one during that Michigan and Minnesota Purdue stretch. You're feeling really, really good about your chances to take one or possibly more off of those last three games on your schedule. So Northwestern to me becomes the swing game, and you know, in in seasons past, Northwestern has been um, a major problem for Nebraska. Obviously, the history between the two programs—it's always a close game. Um, Northwestern. I, I feel like Northwestern in a lot of ways this season for Nebraska specifically is going to signal what kind of team it is, um, what kind of team this, this Husker team is, because even though the pieces are going to change out and I don't expect Northwestern to be as good as they were um, a season ago, it's still going to be a Pat Fitzgerald coach team, which means it's more likely than not going to still be a fundamentally sound team that makes you beat them by not making any mistakes. And Nebraska has lost a ton of games over Frost's first three seasons because they've just made a ton of mistakes, a ton of mistakes, be it penalties, be it turnovers, be it running out of bounds and stopping the clock, what have you. Um, if you beat Northwestern at home, homecoming, before playing Michigan, then you know, to me, it would see, it would signal that. This is a Nebraska team that has actually made progress. This is a Nebraska team that's actually trending in the right direction. And then you're feeling really good about your last six games on the schedule. So you're either, you know, you're talking about potentially four and two or five and one at that point, something along those lines. 
Um, so I, I'd circle Buffalo and I'd circle Northwestern early in the season as, as indicators of, of what's to come. Derek Peterson's with us here on Hale Varsity Radio. And Derek, you, you mentioned, you know, that, that six-game mark feeling good about the team. But just after the first three games, uh, you just know that if the Huskers start off 3-0 going to Norman, Oklahoma, that there's going to be some hype around that Oklahoma game. So, so what are the signs that Husker fans can watch for in those first three games to see if this team has made progress from last year uh, against three teams they're really favored against at the moment? Yeah, I mean, you're not going to learn a ton playing Fordham. Um, that game should be blowout city uh, with third stringers playing in the fourth quarter. Um, you're not going to learn a ton from that game. You can you can probably learn a little bit from from the Buffalo game. Um, Illinois on the road, Big Ten play right to start is 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 going to be a nice test um, for this team. You know, they, the one of the storylines of spring, one of the narratives um, coming from the program was that. Uh, they covered a lot of they covered a lot of ground. They made a lot of progress in terms of physicality up front on both sides of the ball. Um, it, I mean, it's it's Illinois. It's not like you're playing Wisconsin or Ohio State to open, but it's still a Big Ten play right out of the gates to open the season. And so that that kind of physicality is going to be tested. They're going to have to um, you know they're going to have to come out of the gates strong. They're going to have to be clean and be fundamental. And um, so I think I think we'll learn a lot from. That first week, you know, I, I expect Nebraska to win that game, um, and it would be <laughs> it'd be a problem if they didn't. I, I would think, um, uh, uh, Doctor Petey, it'd be a monster problem. Like, grab your hard hats and protective gear if they don't. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, I mean, but yeah, I think, I think that's the one. I think I think that's the one that's going to teach you a ton about the team and you know, potentially signal how that Norman trip is going to go. Cause that Norman trip is going to go. Uh, I feel like there are, there are two scenarios that that Norman trip is going to go. And one of them is not very good. So where are you taking, let's just get this thing out in the open. We're, we're RVing down to Norman with uncle Andy. We're going to buy some wine from Switzer. Where are you take, where are we going to dinner? Norman's your town, brother. Um, we will we'll do the mont and we'll get some swirls. What's that? Um, um, margarita, frozen margarita, my friend. Oh, okay. Very good. Can we bring Very Barry good. with us? What they're known for. We can bring Barry. We can bring Bob. Okay. See if Lincoln wants to join. Get the whole gang. See if Scott. Well, we're at it. Let's just us. get their quarterback Sorry, blasted Bob. the night before. There you go. Get <laughs> sent to jail too. <laughs> Get the uh, closed down. It's a good establishment. It's a good place. I bet. I, I, you know, Norman's awesome. Love the town. Derek Peterson's with us. Hail Varsity. Dot com and magazine at Doctor PDHV. Derek, uh, last thought here, bud. Before we say goodbye, uh, really enjoyed your column here uh, post spring. Hail Varsity. Dot coms where you read Derek. But uh, just kind of follow up here. Uh, on some of the mailbag, uh, about 90 seconds, a better offense in 2021 looks like what? Let's take out turnovers. Let's take out false starts and, and harming yourself. What element of the offense do you feel good about looking, air quote, better for this upcoming season to make it you know, kind of a breakthrough opportunity? I mean, I, I think the offensive line will play better. Um, how much better? 
will will make or break the offense. Um, mm-hmm. You know, I've been I've been consistent with that all spring, all off season long. I think it has to start up front with the offensive line. Um, if they're going to be a better, you know, vertical passing game, it's because they're also a, a better traditional run game. And to be a better traditional run game, they got to be better up front. Um, and to have some of those long developing downfield shots, they got to be better blocking for Adrian Martinez. And last year they weren't very good protecting him on standard downs. Mm-hmm. Um, I, but I, you referenced my column. I think Cam Jurgens can have an all Big Ten kind of season. I think he can. I, I think the next step for him and his progression is becoming one of the best centers in the conference. I think that's absolutely on the table for him. Um, so we'll we'll see if that can happen this season. But the offensive line for me, it's, that's where it's got to start. Love it, Derek. We'll get caught up next week. Thanks for taking time and spending time with us today, bud. Of course. Thanks for having me on. All right, there he is, Derek Peterson. Get his podcast downloaded, subscribe to it. iTunes, Spotify, Google Play, the Varsity Club uh, is uh, must listen to. And Dr. Petey drops that every Friday morning. A slew of wonderful choices with Hale Varsity, Greg Smith, the Straight Up Breakdown, Brandon Vogel, the I-80 Podcast, Aaron Sorensen does an amazing job. And, of course, Jacob Padilla, fantastic. He uh, gets caught up on all the prep action with Damon Benning. So uh, something for everyone and uh, choices for for all uh, Nebraska fans. Uh, We'll hear from Scott Frost, his uh, appearance on the network last night. Uh, Some thoughts on where the team is post-spring. We are on the road today here doing a show. Uh, for a man we uh, we love and I love my uh, my dad's cousin and our cousin cousin Dino Dean Schmidt we're here in uh, the foothills of the Smoky Mountains here at, at Casa de Dino we'll uh, trek forward here hour two hour one on Hale Varsity and now and now back to Hale Varsity Radio. Back with you, Tail Varsity Radio, presented by the Nebraska Lottery on the road today here, Smoky Mountain National Park, uh, in the uh, kitchen of uh, Cousin Dino, roadshow from Cousin Dean Schmidt's house. And uh, excited to, to check in with Bill Dolman. He sat in yesterday while we were traveling, and the Pride of Fairbury in about 20 minutes, uh, sit down with Eric Warfield, a Hall of Fame Husker and a 10-year NFL vet. Uh, with the Chiefs and Patriots, get uh, Warfield's take here on on just where Kansas City went with their draft picks, with their offseason acquisitions, you know, what it takes to make a squad. Remember, Warfield was a seventh-round guy that not only made the team in a loaded secondary for Kansas City with three pro bowlers, but he also got a second contract, and it was a nice contract through his hard work. So Eric Warfield with us, get his take on Husker football as well. You can find us on Twitter at Schmidt underscore radio at Hale Varsity at Herbal Essence for Elijah's Twitter handle and at ESPN Lincoln. Um, Going to jump into some of the thoughts Scott Frost had and here was Coach Frost last night and a couple of our affiliates here with Hale Varsity obviously have the Husker Network, uh, Newstalk 900 and of course our friends out uh, with ESPN Superstation. Uh, so here is Coach Frost recapping uh, spring ball as uh, he kind of looked over what went on and it was an extremely physical practice. Well, we made a decision, first of all, to work them really hard. Uh, we didn't get spring ball last year. We didn't get summer with them. We didn't get a fall camp with as many contact, contact days as normal. And we got a lot of young players that need that experience and they could have benefited from it last year, but we certainly 
uh, wanted to get them that experience and, and refine them. Um, so we felt like we were making up for lost time a little, and, and we worked them hard, and we had a physical spring. So I, I was able to see that happen for 14 practices before the spring game. Um, we've improved in a lot of areas. Um, you know, we're by no means all the way there yet and, and have work to do. But I, I think probably the biggest area I saw improvement was just the uh, physicality, particularly up front on both sides of the football, the way they were finishing and uh, coming off the ball on offense and, and fighting and getting to the ball on defense. Um, certainly other areas have improved a bunch, but uh, I think we made big strides up front on both sides. So that that's uh, kind of reiterated here just how physical Nebraska was this spring. And, Elijah, that's important because you're going to need to match the physicality not only week one against Illinois, but also, you know, week 11 against Wisconsin, week 12 uh, against uh, Iowa. But that's Nebraska's not lacked in, in physicality. Last year, they got better two years ago. But for a long time, man, teams in the Big Ten, once you'd punch Nebraska in the face, they'd fold. This is post-Polaney. That was the rep. By the, by the end of that, that 2016 season, I know it was Nebraska's last nine win. You remember that Iowa game. Uh, Nebraska developed the wrong type of reputation, and it's been a lot of work getting it back. But you got to, especially with uh, the fact that Nebraska's, <laughs> listen, they're going to dial back how much contact you can actually have, and, and you might as well get it in now, and hopefully it'll last with the guys because you'll need to bring it with you to Champaign. Yeah, and physicality is the most important thing that Scott Frost can bring to this team just because, I mean, look back at the successful Nebraska football teams. Every single one of them has been the most physical team on the field in pretty much every game they've played uh, it, during that season. And the last time I can think that that happened where Nebraska out every single team on their schedule off the top of my head, 2009, I think, is, is the last mm-hmm. time with, with that, that defense led by Indama and Sue. And Nebraska probably isn't going to be the most physical team in every single game they play this year. But with the way the defense sets the example and, and the improvements that we saw in spring ball uh, up in the lines of scrimmage, I think that they should be more physical than most of the teams on their schedule this year. And if they aren't, there's a serious problem uh, just in terms of culture at the University of Nebraska. Based on what Scott Frost has been emphasizing for this team for three years in terms of physicality uh, and getting bigger in the weight room they need to be the more physical team uh, in almost every game they play this year it comes down to their mentality they can put all the time in in the weight room they have they can get bigger they can get stronger they can get faster but it kind of comes down to their mentality are they going to accept someone pushing them around are they going to accept someone making a false start are they going to accept a fumble uh, it, it really, it comes down to their own attitude and their own treatment of how they go about fixing some of those issues. More from Scott Frost. Uh, let's sw- let's skip over to the running back uh, comment here, Elijah, specifically with uh, the running backs and uh, the fixing that needs to go on and uh, the coach uh, confident that, that that'll be a, a better situation here as you get closer to fall. Year one, uh, Divine kind of came to the top of the pack, and and he really had a good year for us and was reliable and quality uh, to superior Big Ten back, in my opinion. Um, So 
since then we just haven't had anybody that we can we can count on playing and play out completely. This year it, it's still going to be interesting. A lot of those guys I think have the capability of becoming that back, including uh, a transfer that we didn't get to see a lot of in spring because of an injury. Um, but we, we need two or three guys to come out of that pack and, and be guys that uh, can carry it 20 or 25 times. And uh, we'll continue that competition through fall camp. That's Scott Frost on, on the running back situation. Let's kind of add to that the name of the spring was Jacques Yant. And uh, Yant has been high level. He's looked good. He's also been available. More from Frost on Yant. Yeah, you know, we're, we're excited about Jock. He has a ton of talent. Um, I think his knowledge is catching up with his talent. I think the biggest thing he needs to improve on is is making sure he knows the schemes and, and does the right thing on every single play. And um, when he does that, he is as talented as anybody we have. You know, that's where a lot of the running backs are at. And my question here is, what's the gray area of doing a lot of things really well but still not a 1,000% perfect? So is that going to keep a guy off the field, Elijah? Is that going to keep somebody? Okay, so pass pro is a weakness for pick a back. But, damn, he's great uh, on the zone read or the outside zone, or his hands are phenomenal. I think where the coaches get into trouble, they're worried about telegraphing what they want to do when a certain guy is in. So, obviously, you want a well-rounded guy to to be able to be in and, and, and do it all and do everything. And right now, that's 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 a hard ask with a true freshman in, in Gabe Irvin, who may be your best, and also a guy in Yant that's trying to get better. Uh, they'll work to get better, but man, you, I think you got to kind of roll with what what you have uh, at a running back, and, and maybe not uh, not let it deter you from keeping a guy that could be a difference maker for you on the field, watching if he can't do it all to your liking. Yeah, but the problem in the Big Ten is that if if a running back or if any player in your team has deficiencies by week four, week five, these teams that you're playing are going to have seen that in film and they're going to go out and target that if they know yeah. that a guy is bad in pass protection they're going to be sending blitzes because they know either this guy's not going to pick it up or it's going to be a run play and they're going to run right into our blitz so uh well early in the season those deficiencies might not be clear as the season goes on you need to become well-rounded or else these te- are the, these big 10 teams these these giants wisconsin iowa ohio state they're going to target those deficiencies it's a, it's a telegraph, that's for sure. We'll wind down hour one here from Cousin Dino's. It's Hale Varsity, presented by the Nebraska Lottery. And now. And now, back to Hale Varsity Radio. One final time this hour, Hale Varsity Radio Roadshow Friday. We're here at uh, Cousin Dino's here in uh, the Smoky Mountain National Park, just on the, uh, the foothills of it, and out here to see Cousin Dino and be with him so i was blown away my brother is getting ready at uh, spaghetti and he pulled out a big old just a pot to, to start doing some of the noodles and sauce and i said did you use a razor to slice the garlic and he just kind of looked at me and it's like huh I'm like dude good fellas he's like i haven't seen it my brother has not seen good fellas and he's making spaghetti and meatballs right now and I'm appalled. So tonight, after we get done with the, the, the Friday edition of Hale Varsity Radio, we will have to, to get some good fellas going. I, I should. What did you say? You'll fall asleep by 
I might fall asleep by 8 o'clock. Yeah, we got to keep making uh, some of these Mason Jar vodkas. Anywho, he's not seen Goodfellas, and I just I can't believe that. But I did show him the scene where Paul, where Paul Sorvino's thinly slicing with that razor blade, the, the garlic. Elijah, help me out here. You've seen Goodfellas, and you're only like 22, right? Yeah, I, I've seen Goodfellas. I love the mafia movies, but I do, have, right. I do have one confession to make, and that is that I didn't actually see Scarface for the first time until, like, Sunday night. That's okay. I loved it, though. Great movie. Scarface is... You've seen Scarface, haven't you? Yeah. Many times. You've seen Casino, but you've not seen Goodfellas. That is an error, uh, especially when you're cooking spaghetti. But it's okay. I mean, in, uh, reminder. In my, in my opinion, Goodfellas is up there with like the Godfather in terms of it's money. Movies. That's it's, a great. It's movie. great. It's awesome. Uh, Henry Hill used to live in North Platte, Nebraska, and be the air quote chef at the Firefly Inn. Uh, <laughs> good old Henry Hill. So, uh, reminder about to moving. Uh, if you're in Nebraska, your friends at West Blue Realty make that happen for you. Kelly Hofschneider. Uh, Tom Luby, do an awesome job. Are you looking for that residential home in Lincoln? They specialize, does West Blue Realty. They specialize in surrounding areas and home sales in Lincoln and surrounding communities. So you mentioned Hale Varsity. For a limited time, they can provide you up to $1,000 on the closing of your next home purchase. Tom Luby at 402-540-3768 or Kelly Hofschneider, 402-202-2312. It pays to work with West Blue. 1120 K Street, Suite 200. Let's uh, get a qualifier in right now. The ESPN Memorial Day kickoff. That gets you a grill. That gets you a uh, gift card, $100 gift card to Campbell's Nursery and Garden Center and a $100 gift card to Leon's Gourmet Grocer. And uh, the grill is an E210 gas grill from Capital Patio and the Flame Shop. They also are going to hook you up with some Capital Patio Rub and also a grill. Caller 9 right now, 466-3776-466-3776-800-825-5865. Caller 9 qualifies now for the ESPN Memorial Day kickoff. Uh, Qualify now, Caller 9. 466-37-76-800-825-5865. Caller 9. Yes, I just did, Uncle Mark. Yes, I did. All right. Bill Dolman, Pride of Fairbury, NBC Sports. Back-to-back days with Billy D. Eric Warfield, Hall of Fame Husker. A uh, longtime NFL vet with the Chiefs and Patriots. Next hour, it's Hale Varsity from Cousin Dino's. To Hale Varsity Radio, the voice of Husker Nation. Insight, opinion, expertise, with the biggest and best names talking Nebraska across the state. Join the show on Twitter at Hale Varsity and at Schmitz underscore radio. Call in at 402-466-ESPN or 1-800-825-5865. Here's Chris Schmitz. Back with you, Tower 2, it's Hale Varsity Radio, presented by the Nebraska Lottery. Chris Schmidt, Elijah Herbal, we're here uh, west of Bryson City, North Carolina. It is a beautiful region. Smoky Mountain National Park, just off, uh, it's about a Sam Cooke punt away from here. As uh, my brother, Uncle Mark, is uh, putting the sauce in 
now with the uh, the meat and uh, or, or the gravy as is uh, Uncle Junior would call it. And uh, he has received backlash via social media and personal texts for not seeing Goodfellas. And uh, right now he is just telling me to mind my business. But uh, he needs to keep stirring the sauce, keeping with this Goodfellas theme. We, uh, we welcome in uh, the pride of Fairbury, NBC Sports, uh, Bill Dolman with us. And he was awesome to to uh to do the show yesterday billy d good to be with you thanks for your time yesterday awesome stuff how was the reunion my friend just spell my name right on the trophy for the uh, performance <laughs> yesterday when the uh i don't, I don't know what they give in radio the marconis the, the, the radio uh, heisman is the marconi yes yeah okay yeah so just spell my name right on the trophy and uh, we'll be good that was fun it was it was great to talk to tom chattel um, and uh, Mike Riley, of course, and reminisce about uh, deadwrestlers.com. Uh, we didn't get a chance to talk much about uh, the Hallmark uh, movies uh, with Riles. I know that's a, that's a popular subject with him. Perhaps we'll do that at another time. But uh, we were already talking about an Average Joe Sports Show um, reunion at some point during the course of the summer to bring in the whole gang and maybe invite you. Well, I, I know if it's a, if it's an average just sports show reunion, I'm stuck back in the studio running the board. <laughs> <laughs> that's how it should be. So uh, that's okay. But too many uh, steel chairs to the dome. dot com was also a fun wrestling site um, yeah, that yep. uh, was referenced quite a bit as well. Yep, absolutely. It's always that was always good summer fodder when we ran out of uh, walk-on defensive backs to talk about uh, prior to the start of fall camp. Well, and, and Babcock, man, Mike is all, oh, he still yeah. loves without it. A, without a doubt. Yeah, absolutely. Bring back Jim Rosales and uh, Gary Novotny. I mean, we'll just get the whole gang in there. It'd, it'd be all good. And we are in Ric Flair country. I mean, we, That's you right. know. We are. So uh, I did have a cup of coffee with, with Charlotte Flair. I was hoping she'd put me in the figure four, but she never did. Um, <laughs> a boy can dream. A boy can dream for sure. So when you do sauce, when Bill Dolman makes spaghetti, uh, do you do you do what Vinny did in Goodfellas? Do you add a little bit of, of pork with the, the ground beef to add, as Vinny would say, in that memorable prison scene in Goodfellas to add, no, that's where the flavor is, is, is the pork. My brother's doing dinner tonight. God love him. It's awesome. We're out here at Cousin Dino's. And he, he revealed in an honest moment he has not seen that movie. I said, hey, do you need a razor blade and some garlic? And he just looked at me funny, Bill. <laughs> well, I thought I, I took a double take when I when I thought I heard you say that leading into this segment that your brother has not seen the movie Goodfellas, which I think really would bring a, a room to a standstill, which reminded me of the time that in a, a pub outside of uh, a castle in Shannon, Ireland, Dirty Nellies, I ordered an O'Doul's. Which pretty oh, much wow. brought the uh, Irish pub to a, a complete standstill. I mean, literally, was like the guys walking into the uh, Dexter Lake Club in Animal House, right? And uh, we're, we're and gonna die. And duels, it was pretty much like that. That the whole place came to a stop. So I don't know which is uh, which is more negligent: me ordering an O'Doul's in Ireland, or your brother not watching Goodfellas. 
Either one's a standstill. That's a showstopper. Well, I'm gonna I'm gonna stick up for my brother here and say the the, the not seeing Goodfellas is okay compared to you ordering an O'Doul's in Ireland. <laughs> <laughs> I learned my lesson that day. It was also the day that began a, a life, now what will be a lifelong love affair with, with a pint of Guinness. Or no, two. absolutely. So, yeah, it was the same night. And they also that also stopped the place, too, because after being denied or no duels and nearly being run out of the country, um, I said, okay, well, just I'll try, a, I'll try a Guinness. It was the first time I'd ever had one. And it was like, whoa, 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 slow down, Captain. Yeah. And uh, so, anyway, that is fantastic, Bill. Some takeaways. You were <laughs> you were a no, ways no, no, up. Let me add but... this. Let me add this. Go ahead. So hold go on ahead. here. Go hold ahead. on. Hold go on. Ahead. So I go to the spring game last right. week. Now, along this theme of the Goodfellas and the O'Doul's in Ireland, so I, I go to I go to the spring game. I go to Memorial Stadium, one of the cathedrals of college football, any sporting venue that there is in the world, in my opinion. So I'm thinking, all right, win in Rome, oh, Lincoln, you. do what you do, right? So I, mm-hmm. I got a Runza, okay, and there, I got a slice of Val's pizza. So I'm, sure. I'm loading up, and I'm thinking, all right, uh, I've got the trifecta because uh, I'm going to order the Fairbury brand hot dog. But I look, and to my horror, I don't see Fairbury brand hot dogs on the menu. It's Wimmer's. Right. Now, I know, I know, I know that Fairbury sold to a company in West Point several you know, years ago. I get it, mm-hmm. all right? Still hurts. But I understand now that that company sold to some place in Illinois, which last I knew is not Nebraska, and now they, they've completely done away with the Fairbury brand hot dog. So the label. Uh, so I was hurt. And uh, I talked to God, prayed about it, and God said, that's a hard pass. We're not going to do that. So we had the Runza, and we had the Val's Pizza. Now, a lot of people talk about, you know, well, like metaphorically speaking, you don't want to go to Washington, D.C. to see how the sausage and the hot dogs are made. You don't want to go here and see how the hot dogs and the sausage are made. In Fairbury, that's a fourth-grade field trip, all right? So we saw how the hot dogs and sausage were made, all right? That's there how goes we got to Arnold see the of, family some, pig. We got to see some parents during the day. You know, hey, it's the fourth-grade class from West School coming in to see how the sausage and We saw it. For all of everybody else, that's a metaphor. For us, it was a way of life. And to not see it on the, uh, on the Memorial Stadium menu was a little disheartening, but we got over it. Well, no, I haven't gotten over it, obviously. Next time, I will I will get some Tommy Boy Fairberry brand dogs, throw them on the grill for you. We almost kind of hit the whole tour. I mean, you had the, the food, you had the stadium, you had good weather, which you brought with you to check the spring game out. Now, we got to get you to our friends uh, at Lazari's. We got to get you to our friends at the bar. And we got to get you to our, our friends at Duffy's to complete keep making trips back. <laughs> your, your journey. Well, I'm going to make it happen uh, one way or the other. And uh, I will say this, dude, you are a lifesaver with the adventure of um, finding Schmidt's phone. Now, Coach Brett, Timmy B, and, uh, and Nick, we went back gloved up ready to dumpster dive to find my phone but you and i are, are watching the kentucky derby after the spring game it and and some some old boy who'd had too many rum and cokes put put his 
put uh, his hands on my phone and in my phone in his pocket and that was disastrous man i was melting down you had to like console me yeah it was uh it was uh, an ugly scene and uh, I, I questioned what was actually in that guy's pocket based on what the, you described the condition of it after you found it. But uh, nevertheless, it was nice to know that there, again, if you're looking for an honest person, you go to Nebraska, the best mm-hmm. people, and obviously uh, somebody who had too many Elk Creeks or whatever's somewhere uh, decided, you know what, this isn't mine. I'm going to turn it in. So God love him, but I certainly hope you have that had that thing cleaned thoroughly it's been hosed it's been hosed down bill uh, a thought with spring football your takeaways what'd you like uh are you are you gonna be screaming bring that trophy back to lincoln <laughs> you know we talked about it yesterday with, with tom chattel uh again one of the great columnists in the country not just uh, locally uh, and i thought now granted i was sitting in row one million seat 12 next to god but I thought Nebraska looked like a college football team, and I, I thought that they're that they, they start to they're starting to fit the suit again. I think Zach Duvall um, has done his job to get those guys looking like a Big Ten team, like a Nebraska team used to look. Uh, I didn't get the sense that there's um, they didn't look soft because I tried to watch the line play. And uh, I was reading some Facebook posts after the game, and uh, former Huskers, a Facebook friend, said that uh, Nash Hutmaker looks like Christian Peter. And my first thought was, yes. My second thought was, yikes, Uh, because having gone through that era. But if Nebraska can start to get that kind of player with physicality, little nastiness, uh, but, you know, I think that's that's the the step in the right direction. But for me... You know, after the touch football in the first half and all that, it just looked like that's a, that is a Nebraska football team physically. Now they've got to translate that into execution. They've got to have the mental uh, um, the mental acumen to go with that. But and I, I, I was impressed. And I've been reading a lot about running backs. I thought I thought for the most part, while we don't have what we had back in the days where every year there was that guy. You know, it was. The Weebacks, it was Derek and Calvin, it was Lawrence, it was Amon, Ken Clark. You know, there was always one guy. I'm not sure we have one guy, but I get the sense that there are two or three of those guys that play that can play. I thought Urban was really good. I thought yeah, it was really good. Uh, so I, I'm not as worried about running back as I had been in the past because it just seems like there are good options there now. And, oh, there's that word option. But I really think that they've got some options of running back as opposed to just putting somebody in there or making Wandale Robinson at 5'8", 160 do it. I think they actually have running backs now. And, again, maybe that goes with the physicality I was talking about. But that, to me, is very promising and should take pressure off of Adrian Martinez that he doesn't have to be the guy either. Yeah, yeah, Bill, uh, promising is, is the right word for the running back room, um, but I, I want to go to this other side of things. What what position group are you worried about now that you've seen the spring game uh, going into 2021? It's hard to make those those judgments off of, of one glorified practice, really, um, but we, we know from last year that the receivers really held back this offense, or at least in my opinion, the receivers held back the offense, so which position group do you think, uh, if they aren't performing up to snuff next year, could be holding back this team um, from achieving its goals? Well, I didn't see a whole lot in the special teams punt uh, offensive line. Oh, no. Um, so I, 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 it seemed a bit, a bit invisible to me. Um, 
I'm going to be honest with you. Quarterback. Um, I think Martinez looks looks good. Uh, I thought uh, Harburg looked good for a kid who should be, you know, uh, going, getting ready to go to prom or whatever they have this time of year. Uh, yeah. The one thing I noticed about Harburg, I think every play that he ran, other than the last one, went to the right. I mean, that guy was right-handed the whole time. And the only way he was going to get to the west sideline is if he ran out the northeast uh, exit and ran around the stadium and came back through the south the west side. Um, but I, I know I, I think he looks good. Uh, but again, what's the depth at quarterback? I don't think it is as bad as it was. I think what was it, Martinez freshman year when um, who was it, Andrew Bunch or something was the was the top backup, and then you got the federal kid that came in for a year. I thought that solidified it a little bit. You had McCaffrey last year, where you didn't feel like there was a ton of a drop off. But well, let's face it, you've got inexperience at the two and the three spot, and that's that's a bit of a concern. Martinez has to be healthy, so that's on the offensive line. That's on that group of running backs. Those guys have to be able to carry the ball with some efficiency and to hold on to it so the pressure isn't on him that he's got to run and can get hit. So Martinez has to stay healthy. Everybody knows that anyway. But who's the two and the three? So if you're talking about groupings, it's quarterback. Fair enough. Now, that's okay to be concerned about quarterback. Based on Coach Frost's comments last night, doesn't sound like they're going portal shopping, and I didn't think they would anyway. Uh, and I, I commend them for wanting to develop what they have, but I think they're they're pleasantly surprised with what they have in Harburg, and that's fair because they didn't get to see him throw in person. I mean, you're kind of going blind here with, with what you see on film versus what you evaluate in person. If God forbid, if Adrian, and we were talking about this in hour one, if Adrian gets dinged, which has happened, you know what? Are you gonna are you gonna find better, better talent further along than Harburg? Maybe, maybe, but maybe not. Maybe you just roll with Smothers or Harburg or Harburg or Masker. Masker. <laughs> yeah, where where yeah wherever you want to go. But I mean, I God forbid if Adrian goes down and and he's not able to come back, and this is all worst case scenario. You throw Harburg in there, you lean on the O-line, and you try and run it, and, and you, you manage him with a passing offense he's capable to, to execute. I mean, I think that's the route you go. Well, hey, look, I remember in 1992, a freshman came in and took over the starting job like game six, and things turned out okay. I'm not, I'm not saying that Harburg is the kid from Florida. But um, I think that that is, is something that Nebraska has to be concerned about is how how uh, how that depth is going to develop, how much they can in their seven-on-seven. Seven. Nobody can watch drills during the course of the summer. The thing that troubles me really about this, the whole conversation is, and this is just an old man talking, it, 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 the, the, is he going to go to the waiver wire? Let's call it the transfer portal. But is Nebraska going to go to the waiver wire to find somebody who's floating around who couldn't make it at Central Michigan. That, that to me, is just so antithetical to what college football used to be. And, and now you're looking for you know somebody who's out there, a quarterback mercenary, to come in for four months. That just does not seem to be the way. I, I get it. I know where we are. But come on. We're, we're, we're thinking about going to the waiver wire to find somebody who was a backup 
Get the ballot. Bill Dolman's with us. Billy D, we're up against it. We'll catch up next week. Thanks so much for everything this week, partner. I appreciate you much. And thank you very much. I hope things are going well with the family out in Carolina. And go Big Red. All right, there he is. Pride of Fairbury, Bill Dolman. Here at Cousin Dino's out uh, in the Smoky Mountains. Eric Warfield's next. And now. And now, back to Hale Varsity Radio. Back into it, it's Hale Varsity Radio, presented by the Nebraska Lottery. Again, on the road at Casa de Dino. We're here at the foot of the Smoky Mountains, just uh, a bit to the west here of Bryson City, North Carolina. Uh, we welcome in uh, one of our favorite uh, Kansas City Chiefs, uh, Hall of Fame Husker, uh, Eric Warfield back with us. Warfield, how, how's the uh, the short game? How's the tee box? How's the spring been treating you? Hey, so far, so good. You know, my, my game is actually, I've, I've, uh, I've, I've invested in a new putter. It's actually <laughs> taken a few strokes off of my, uh, of my handicap, so... It's amazing that you could spend so much money on this stuff, though, and, and, and think the entire time that it has nothing to do with your game. But Warfield, but, you can buy game, brother, and, and I have found that out by using some of my dad's clubs. He had spent, you know, let's just say a small fortune on, on shooting 85 or 90, but he felt better about it, and it doesn't lie, man. It, it's it's uh, your concentration, but it's the confidence right in that new putter. It does, it is, and it's you know, I, I told myself I would never pay five hundred bucks for a Scotty Cameron. I'm like, if I'm not good at putting, what good is a Scotty Cameron going to do for my game? But I, I went ahead and fell for it, and I don't know if it's a mental thing. Even though I, I do think that most of golf is, is is based on the mentality that you have going into it. It's not physical strength, nothing to do with that. It's one hundred percent mental from one hole to the next. But it is that actually is so taking good. a few strokes. It is actually taking a few strokes off my game. Eric Warfield's with us now. Tell me who is a either former teammate at Nebraska or in the NFL that thinks he's great at golf. That you're just like, yeah, bro, let's go play golf, and it's going to be a payday for you. <laughs> so uh, a former teammate from the Kansas City Chiefs that I enjoy playing with is Dante Hall. Um, no, <laughs> I, I, I Dante is actually pretty good, but I, we have our moments when we play together. We play against each other. Um, I don't consider myself very good. Dante is very technically sound. Now he just gets into his head a bit and uh, kind of loses it. But you know, overall, he's a really good player. We kind of go back and forth with who wins. So that's the one that I, I, I have the most fun with. Uh, now in, in Nebraska, oh man, I, I can't think of a. I know Tommy's pretty good. Guy was Jay last name. I'm just Jay Foreman is really good. Yeah, I Foreman, Foreman can swing it. Yeah, yeah, I played with him in, in uh, Vegas a couple of weeks ago, and he was averaging low 80s to high 70s. So, uh, but what's the defensive end name that that's actually uh, tried making an amateur tour? Oh, Jay. Jay Moore. Yeah. Jay Moore. God, I can't Jay, Jay's, a, Jay's a real good partner of Hale Varsity with us. I mean, so, yeah. Yes. Jay's money. <laughs> I, play, I played with Jay before, and it's embarrassing. <laughs> yeah, he, he crushes everybody, man. <laughs> you want him on your he, team. <laughs> he's just so technically sound. Yeah, and he, and he kills it like 600 yards off the box. Oh, I know. Makes, up, makes it all short. 
Well, it's all good. Warfield will swing the clubs, and, and I'll bring my Monopoly money to pay you. All right? Let's do it. All right. Eric Warfield's with us. So I got to ask you, what what'd you think here? We'll start off with some NFL. What's your takeaway with Kansas City here? I know they didn't have a ton of picks, but, man, they went shopping for that offensive line kind of reboot. We know how Tampa kind of kind of did, uh, did Kansas City dirty uh, in the Super Bowl. But do you feel – like Kansas City did what they needed to do here so far this offseason. You know what? With such an embarrassing display in the in the Super Bowl, uh, of which I don't think anybody had a clue that it would turn out that way. I'm talking about anybody. Mm-hmm. Um, we made the necessary moves in the offseason. Yes, upgrade the offensive line. That's number one. I love the pick on uh, Orlando Brown coming from, from Baltimore. Uh, but also with uh, Sunni, uh Long, uh, Creed, and all these other guys that, that we've kind of uh, bulked up the offensive line with. You know, we've considered uh, Patrick Mahomes a Brinks, a Brinks truck. You know, he's our, he's our, he's our, our ticket. He's our bank. Uh, so we have to protect him at all costs. And if I wouldn't have been upset if they had spent the entire draft at, at you know, picking offensive linemen and, and backups. Because uh, that's the one thing that really hurt us going into that game uh, was not having a backup guy with the experience uh, for that kind of a moment. And Tampa just completely exposed us. But with the draft, I was I was also excited. You know, we got a uh, the linebacker from Missouri. Bolton? Bolton, yes. Yeah. So oh, he's, he's, he's great. I love his play. Yes, love the way he plays. And it reminds me a lot of Levante. Levante, he's not a very big guy, but he has a knack for the ball. Uh, he's making plays in the secondary. He's making plays behind the line of scrimmage. He gets skinny getting through the line. So he has that playmaking ability that we need on defense. Uh, we haven't, to me, of all the positions, I think we've gotten some guys, defensive line, defensive ends. We've got a high-pig linebacker. We've gotten some guys in the free agency market for the secondary. We haven't solidified the offensive weapons as far as, you know, losing – oh, my God, I'm, I'm sitting there giving brain farts. Um, the guy that we got from Buffalo. What, is Watkins? Is that you're talking about? Sammy, Sammy Watkins. Yes, couldn't think to save my life. But, yes, but, but losing him, um, I, I think that, you know, having Kelsey, Tariq Hill, and uh, Patrick Mahomes is enough to get you through a lot of games, get you a lot of wins. But you need a, a, another guy that can hold down the fort, uh, that can be a go-to guy. And uh, Hardman, Robinson, those guys haven't really proven that they're that they are worthy of that starting spot. But uh, going into the you know this this rookie not rookie camp but OTAs and and, and the summer, uh, there's going to be a battle at who's going to be that next receiver to step in and to, to make uh, you know to, to add to that firepower that we already have with those three guys. Uh, so we we haven't gotten a big name, you know, receiver to come in, to kind of compliment Tariq Hill, uh, and I'm just hoping that Hardman is the guy. You know, I think we kind of gave him a few chances last year, and you know he he, he didn't really step up. Eric, I want to backtrack just a little bit because you called you called the Super Bowl loss last year embarrassing, and I just want to assure you that as a Broncos fan, it could have been a lot more embarrassing. <laughs> That was, you know what? I, I kind of felt the same way because it, it, the way things kind of uh, went with us was uh, you talking about 
Peyton's first Super Bowl, right, when the ball just snapped over his head and everything just fell apart. Yeah, I think I forgot everything about that Super Bowl, actually. It's been wiped from my memory. <laughs> yeah, that was that was bad, and I remember that. Oh, yeah, that, that was embarrassing also. But I, for us to have such a high-powered offense, to not be able to score one touchdown, like one touchdown, you know, and I'm not saying Tampa's defense is, is, is the best that, that we've ever seen, uh, but to hold us to no touchdowns, yeah, that, that was completely unheard of. Eric Warfield's with us, Hale Varsity Radio, uh, Hall of Fame Husker and uh, many-year vet in the NFL with the Chiefs and the New England Patriots. Eric, what's DiCaprio Boodle up against when it comes to, to making a roster? Of course, you know DiCaprio. You followed him in Lincoln and uh, was a free agent signee by Kansas City. A lot of great film on DiCaprio. What what did you go through, Eric, as a late round guy, not only to make the team, but you also got got taken care of by the team, earning that yeah. uh, that extension with the contract. So take us through your experience, and also what's what's the word of advice out there for late round guys or or free agencies, uh, or, or or undrafted free agent signees, because. There's 53 spots, man, and the more you can do, the better. I, I get that, but it's got to be a grind. Oh, 100%. And so the thing with me going in uh, was playing safety my entire career, you know, from Little League, high school to college, and all of a sudden I got to make this dramatic move at playing corner, of which I had never had to cover anybody one-on-one before. Uh, so, but taking it in and just wanting to live in the moment and be in the moment, uh I did whatever it took. And so when I first got there, I met Andre Risen. And Andre said, Ease, the first thing you need to do is you need to hang out with James Hasty and learn everything he knows. Because you're a big corner. James is a big corner. He's the guy that's going to teach you everything that you need to know about this position. James wasn't a friendly guy, though. So it wasn't like I could just go up and be like, hey, man, I'm here to try to take your position. So can you teach me what I need to know? It was more so, um, you know, I'm completely lost. As a rookie, uh, I love this sport, like love it to death, and I need to learn this position. I need any help that you guys and any advice that you guys can give me. And this was in the meeting room. And so with that came, you had three different Pro Bowl t- uh, cornerbacks that I, was, that I had to learn from. James being the bigger – James Hasty being the bigger one um, – Mark McMillan, small, but would jump every single route that you threw that, that was underneath. Uh, and then Dale Carter, who was just this freak athlete. So I had to take and learn from each and every one of these guys. But within that, I had to get to know these guys. And I, I got to know these guys on a, on a friendly and a family basis to the point to where when it came down to training camp, when it came down to preseason games, I had these guys to vouch for me as, hey, coach, you know, this is the guy that's putting in the work. This is the guy that's putting in the time. He's going to be the guy. So when it comes to cuts or when it comes to playing time, I got these other guys that are speaking up for me. But these are also the same guys that are kind of coaching me and helping me along the way. So within that, I don't, I don't see a lot of older guys not wanting to extend a hand to help a younger guy and to at least make the team. You know, that was one thing that I did every year. I wasn't concerned about losing my job, but I was always helpful to the guys that needed the help, that didn't know uh, 
certain drills, that didn't know certain coverages, that didn't know what to expect from the coaching staff, that didn't know what to expect from, the, uh, from practice or games. So I didn't mind helping those guys along the way. Uh, my thing was that as long as I took care of myself and my body and, and, and knew what I was doing, I was always going to hold down my position. You know, they brought in corners every year, um, and none were able to take my job. But I was not one of those to say, hey, you know, I'm not, I'm not here to help you uh, earn this money or earn my spot. That's, that's, you got to put that time in yourself. And so there's guys that are like that that are willing to put that time in to help those young guys. And with somebody like Buddha who has a lot of talent upside, uh, I hope that he's able to go in and to earn a spot uh, on a roster. You know, we had a couple of guys over the years uh, with Kalu and uh, Chris Jones that, and uh, the guy out for the Jets. Lamar. Yeah, Lamar, who also uh, kind of earned a spot on the roster. Uh, so I, I, I love to see guys that come up out of the, you know, Nebraska and end up on rosters and, and, and contribute. Um, more so than just being on a roster. He's in his 30s, but sounds like he was born with a stogie in one hand and a brew in the other. Now, say my name. It's Schmitty on Hale Varsity Radio. I got the body of a taut, preteen Swedish boy. Eric Warfield's with us, Hall of Fame Husker, Hale Varsity Radio. His story not only uh, making the Chiefs uh, and, and thriving for the Chiefs, but also the backstory of, of getting that, uh, that vet info, that, that vet uh, advice, and then also paying it forward. I can imagine, guys, you work your whole life to get into this position. It's cutthroat because it's so limited. Your contracts aren't guaranteed. And then you mention a guy, a guy like James Hasty. Eric, how were you able to, to connect, or was it just your actions that really kind of kind of made the case for you with guys willing to help you? So I was a I was a nice guy. I've, I've always been considered a nice guy. You know, I, even during my time in college, I I, I think I was able to uh, hang out and get to know almost every individual within that within that team. And I was kind of the same when I got to Kansas City. I'm, I'm a, just one of those that's easy to talk to. I'm not a, I'm not a one that's going to talk crap. If I, if I get a good hit on you, I'm probably going to help you out. Mm-hmm. You know, I'm not one to sit over you and get a good hit on you and just you know, yell at you and talk crap uh, to try to hype myself up. And so that's one thing that Hasty kind of noticed. He was like, man, you can't be that nice out here like this. You, you, you're out here trying to earn a spot. And so – it was him trying to change me from somebody that I kind of wasn't. And I remember at practice, as I said, uh, Andre Risen was the first guy to kind of talk to me. So at practice, I jammed Andre Risen at the line of scrimmage. And, like, it was a jam that were, to where he almost fell. And he got pissed at me. And so Andre was, like, almost ready to go, like, ready to fight. Until he kind of noticed who it was. It was like he had one of those moments where he just kind of got out of it, and then he had snapped back. Like, man, you know, you know, this is this is practice. And so my thing was like, yeah, it's practice, but I'm trying to earn a spot. You got a name and you got a spot. I'm not there yet. I'm trying to get there. And so I had kind of got this little, you know, spark under my butt from just a small conversation with James Hasty. But then all of a sudden. I couldn't do everything that James did. 
I had to learn some things from Dale. I couldn't do everything that Dale did. I had to do some, learn some things from Mark McMillan. And so with all these three guys, you know, they kind of showed me a way of playing the position to where it actually, you know, along the, the road got me a starting job and a, and a new contract. Eric Warfield's with us, Hale Varsity Radio. That's really cool. So could, could Bad Moon fight or not? <laughs> so, I, I'm not, I, I can never say he, he couldn't fight because we never had a, a scrapping moment. It was one of those where he kind of, I don't want to say blacked out, but that's kind of what it was. He, mm-hmm. he didn't realize who it was that had hit him, and so he kind of snapped and was ready to go. Uh, now, I do recall an incident to where him and Deion Sanders got into a fight in a, in a game. Now, that was a scrapping moment. So that that I didn't see that in real life. Uh, but that was uh, I was I wasn't expecting it. But yet it, it it opened my eyes up to some of the things that were to come within the NFL. That's pretty good. I remember that you had Dion with the Niners and Andre with uh, Atlanta. Yep. <laughs> after Dion left Atlanta free agency, and and yeah, they were just like smoking each other and then just like kind of posing after each would throw a throw a throw exactly. a punch. That was pretty good. And I declare an, a no win for either because it got broken up. But somebody should have let it kept going. Eric <laughs> Warfield's You know what I don't side. get it. Like Go guys ahead. are trying to fight when you're wearing head football gear. gear. You you're gonna sit there and punch a guy in the head and break your hand. You're gonna punch him in the past, you're not gonna feel anything. So what's the I I get it you're frustrated at the at the moment. Yeah, uh, but yet you're going to cause more damage to yourself than you are to him. Well, you got to go the uh, the old D, D, Danny Noonan route and rip someone's head off and use it on them. Like you That's did. true. <laughs> Warfield, I got it. <laughs> well, yeah, you know, sometimes you just kind of turn your back and let it go, right? Eric Warfield's with us on Hale Varsity. <laughs> Eric, want to get your take on on Nebraska spring football? I know it was spring, but Coach Frost, man, it was. Uh, a pretty physical camp, and that's good. How do you feel uh, from what you've observed or what you've heard moving forward here? You all right with the quarterback spot? I think the secondary's pretty experienced, although they're trying to find a replacement for Boodle. Overall, what's your takeaways from this spring? I'll tell you this. As as a proud alumni, I will never go into a season without high expectations. Uh, and mainly for the kids, mostly for the for the for the uh, the overall university. You know, for what we did, I try not to. I don't compare anything to what we what we had back then to what the kids have now. And I hope that each and every last one of those those kids goes out and gives the best effort that they can to prove that they belong in that that husky uniform, wearing that helmet. And so, with that being said. I'm just as optimistic as anybody else. You know, whether it was a bad spring game, a good spring game, I'm always optimistic about the season. You know, I I, I still like the, the coaching hire of bringing Scott in, his staff, the guys that he's brought in so far, and what they can do for this team. Now, as things start to show themselves during the season and either go one way or another – that's neither here nor there for me right now. I'm just mm-hmm. one of those that's optimistic. Whether we lose the first game of the season or win it, I'm still looking forward to the next and what we can do to get this uh, this team back on track. Eric Warfield's with us, Hall of Fame Husker. Eric, real quick, about a minute. 
do you, do you think Adrian can kind of turn that corner? I think he can. You know, for me, I, I know I said it the last time on one of the uh, takes that we had that mm-hmm. it's kind of mental with him, and he and if he gets out of his own head, he can actually be a really good quarterback. Mm-hmm. Uh, guy is very talented, and it's just that you know if, if when he sees the move uh, in the right play, he makes it. But when he's hesitant, is when he gets himself in trouble. Um, you know, and I think that's one thing that that Scott has to get on him with. It's like if, if you see the moment, be in the moment. Don't hesitate, and, and you'll be more successful than what you have shown people that you are. I think he has a lot of talent, a lot. You know, he, he has a good arm, and, and he has great uh, speed when he comes to running. But when he hesitates, it causes a whole big pile up of you know a mess that you know that's not good for the team or himself. Eric Warfield. Eric, uh, let's uh, catch up when you get back to town. Thanks again for, for your time and insight on this. Always love getting your take, man. Love it, man. Just get, keep in touch. All right, buddy. There he is, Eric Warfield with us on Hale Varsity. Good to spend time with the Husker Hall of Famer. That is Eric Warfield. His take on the Chiefs, the draft, the acquisitions, the Nebraska program, and his uh, high level of optimism. Good support there from a Husker Hall of Famer and a, a multi-year NFL vet. We're here at Cousin Dino's here just at the uh, the mouth of the Smoky Mountain National Park. And uh, we're out here to, to spend some some time and send some love to Cousin Dino's uh, way with uh, family. And we're going to wrap up a, a Friday edition. Weekend edition is also <laughs> on the road here from Cousin Dino's. So we'll wind down a Friday with Hale Varsity Radio. Get the podcast. Give us a review. Spotify, iTunes. And Google Play, where you can uh, get that subscription. Hail Varsity, presented by the Nebraska Lottery. Miss us? Come here, brother. Give me a hug. Bring it in for the real thing. We're on call for you. Catch the podcast at HailVarsity.com, the ESPN Lincoln app, or download them on iTunes. Saddle up, partner. Back to Hail Varsity Radio. One final time here out of the Smoky Mountains, uh, just uh, to the west of Bryson City, North Carolina, here at Cousin Dino's Cabin, as uh, we are sending love and, and prayers to him and uh, spending time with him. Hail Varsity Roadshow Friday, Chris Schmidt, Elijah Herbal. Tomorrow, weekend edition, back at you 7 to 9 tomorrow morning with myself and Mark Cranach. Elijah, you're in tomorrow, too, or are you just spending the night at the station? Uh, I, I'm thinking about it. I might. I know Damon is walking at uh, at graduation tomorrow morning, so I'm gonna be running the show. Because uh, so you're letting him put on the cap and gown and graduate. That's awesome. Yeah. No, I, I was thinking about <laughs> forcing him to come in tomorrow morning, not letting him go. I, I, I made could, him do the spring game <laughs> last week, and he about beat me. So yeah, it's, it, it is it is my turn to come in anyway. So I'll be in for the Saturday morning edition. Excited for that as always. Uh, should be a good one. Yep. A reminder about buckling up. 70% of people in fatal crashes in Nebraska not wearing a seatbelt. If used properly, a seatbelt can reduce the risk of fatal injury up to 60%. Your best defense in any crash buckling. I'm brought to you by the Nebraska Department of Highway Safety Office. Uh, my, my brother, Uncle Mark, absolutely dominates spaghetti and meat sauce. Fantastic restaurant quality. Very wonderful. What's the name of this uh, this lake slash river stream we're near? Deep Creek. 
Deep Creek is very Carolina, and, and it rolls through the entire Smoky Mountains. So I will go uh, walk my fat ass around a little bit later after eating the... Uh, I'm not going to apologize at all about the, the fact you haven't seen Goodfellas. That's on you. And the Godfather. <laughs> We're at it. So, uh, Elijah, should we get uh, Caller 9 right now and uh, do one more qualifier? I mean... The people want it. I, I, I've been my, The calls are going every single time we do this thing. This, the, the phone bank is just lighting up. We already have a caller, and we haven't even, we haven't even done the other yeah. contest e- yet. Congrats to Eva. She was Caller 9 last hour. So Caller 9 right now qualifies for the ESPN Memorial Day kickoff. That is a grill from Capitol Patio and the Flame Shop. They'll give you some rub for that uh, meat you put on the grill and, and also a grill brush. Campbell's Nursery and Garden Centers. They are phenomenal. They will spruce up your backyard with a $100 gift card. And then Leon's Gourmet Grocer. Leon's phenomenal. You need some incredible meat for that grill. That is the third part of this trifecta. You've got the grill from Capital Patio, the gift card to Campbell's, and, of course, the the $100 gift card to uh, Leon's Gourmet Grocer, 466-377-76-466-37-76-800-825-5865. So uh, get the, uh, the phone dialed up, get to in and be caller 9. Elijah will get you qualified. The drawing for this is going to be May 21st. So be forewarned with that. You do have to be listening to win. And then you'll have about 14 minutes and 80 seconds to call in and claim your gift, your prize with ESPN. Tomorrow morning, 7 to 9, good rewind. Parker Gabriel's going to join us tomorrow morning. We'll also check in with the Iron Horse, Gary Sharp. Podcast will be posted. Google Play, Spotify, iTunes. Thanks so much to all of you for tuning in and your well wishes. Hail Varsity. Back at you tomorrow.